Everybody want to know why people smoke weed. You know, I, I mean, I can't talk for everybody. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, to me, this shit is beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I usually never do like a, like a full shift or anything like that, but I just... I don't know, I just was motivated to keep on going. You just have to hustle. Hustle, hustle your way yeah. out of this economic recession. Yeah, and it's like this this stimulus. Like I'm like, this is the most money I've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> between uh, between these long shifts on my delivery apps and the stimulus, <laughs> I, I'm starting to love this economy. I like, I like Biden's America, man. I'm a big Biden, Biden head. Summer 21, you know, they're, they're saying it's white boy summer. I think that might ex- extend to economic situations. No, def- it's, this was definitely, it felt like the beginning of white boy summer for me. Today. It is. No, <laughs> today was definitely the first day of white boy summer. It, it was the prelude for me because I went to the driving range yeah. and the whole time I was just thinking, man, I should have wore shorts. I mean, yeah, my outfit, I like, I, I put this on before like looking outside to see what temperature it'd be today. So it's going to be the 80s all week. Damn. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be the 80s all... Oh, I love the 80s, man. <laughs> Trickle-down economics. Uh, 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 neon. That's my favorite TV show. I love the 80s. I love the... Oh, I thought like that 80s show. Did you ever watch that? I think it only ran for a season before getting real? canned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like um, not even like a spinoff necessarily. It's just during the last season of that 70s show, they were promoing it. And as a small child, yeah. uh, very, very like distraught about what was going to happen in the last season of that 70s show very confused by the plot machinations that revolved around actors just leaving the show uh i was like that 80s show i guess they'll all be back for that one right i mean none of the guys are in the advertisement but i have to think they'll be back they must be they'll sneak them in they weren't none none of the original cast no it's just a different show it was like a similar premise i guess that's that's bullshit I agree. I, I was never a fan of that show. You know, my I was kind of more of a Saved by the Bell fan. That was kind of okay. my that seventy show, if that makes sense. <laughs> Not really, because that seventy show. I mean, I guess it was still like Teenage off the air for a while. Yeah, yeah, show. Yeah, and like, yeah, I was. I, I mean, I liked that seventy show before I was a teen. I think that's why, because oh. I remember it as like a childhood thing. Even though the whole show is just about getting high. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like the uh, as like a fourth and fifth grader that was like the last two seasons it was on the air and I was obsessed with that shit getting into <laughs> classic rock. Oh come on, man! They got Led Zeppelin <laughs> references in the show. So you caught it while it was on the back end of while it was on air. Yeah, wow. and we had TiVo, so I would just record all Damn. the reruns and I caught I bi- I binged it old school. Wow. Yeah. That's hey, that's great. See, yeah, I was Saved by the Bell was more that was like yeah, like a kid thing for me too. Probably. Yeah. I remember my, my just da- fantasizing about how fucking cool high school is going to be. <laughs> Damn, you know, I'd, I'd even want to be Screech. You know? <laughs> well, Hell, not, I could Screech. Not, not, not now. Yeah, rest, I want to be Screech in, now. Rest in peace. I, some days I feel like I want to be Screech now. <laughs> <laughs> the way this freaking world's treating me. I've kind of I've kind of turned around on yeah. Biden's America. <laughs> White boy summer very quickly. Biden's this world sucks. <laughs> I miss Obama's America, man. <laughs> Finds America stinks. That's so true. Um, but we're going to be talking about George Bush's America on the after hours of this week's extended clip. Uh, the 39th after hours. I'm Eddie Averill, in case you forgot. <laughs> yeah, I'm Malcolm Baum. Uh, welcome to the Patreon. I'm you're, JT. You're, oh, sorry. sorry. You're in an exclusive club. <laughs> I'm JT. I accidentally domed your son 
is the film that we're going to be talking about today. The 2004 shot on video hip hop dark comedy by Ryan Combs. I, I looked up Ryan Combs and it seemed he, uh, Robert Townsend directed a movie that he wrote once. And uh, it seems like he has like it's starring Ving Rhames. So it seems like besides this movie, I think he made another kind of movie that kind of has like a similar plot to this one. But other yeah. than that, it seems like he just works with the Ving Rhames star vehicles exclusively. I mean, hey, that's good work if you yeah. can get it. Exactly. exactly. Uh, but in terms of his oeuvre as an auteur, uh, yeah, there, there's not too much beyond this, unfortunately. And it's kind of a disappointment. Uh, there, there's another one that's similar to this, another comedy that he helmed. Uh, but I was very taken with his kind of like old school gags and stunts approach to some scenes uh, while also very much being steeped in the times of <laughs> mid-aughts hip-hop. Uh, but it also has a throwback feel to it. I mean, like, Corrupt is not exactly the most modern rapper in 2004 uh, to helm your motion picture. But, yeah, I just think this is such a strange and funny and unique movie. Uh, it, it really took me aback. No, I, I, I really enjoyed it, too. I had, a, I had a good time while watching it. I mean, I think I like the performances, too. Like, I, like Ryan Combs, you know, director, writer, actor, too. You know, he gets uh, um, in front of the camera. Plays a few roles. Yeah, plays yeah. a few roles. And, it, like, well, yeah, what you said, he likes kind of, like, old-school gag and stunts comedies. There's a lot of, like, screwball... Uh, you know, very uh, off-base characters here that kind of just, yeah, I don't know, that kind of remind me of, like, cinematic tradition of, like, kind of, like, highly wound mm. comedies. And at its kind of slowest and ineffective <laughs> moments, it almost reminds me of, like, late Jerry Lewis. Uh, the the scene where Ryan Combs and one of his cohorts are in old pe old person makeup. <laughs> Just so slow and decrepit. It's the pacing is if you want to be nice, you know, it's like hardly working. One of those crazy long payoff gags in Jerry Lewis where the payoff is just the fact that you sat through it for that long. Uh, or it's like something in Twin Peaks, The Return, where it's like these people are just moving at a quarter speed and it's so dreadfully <laughs> slow yeah. and it's just like the longest thing ever. But if you're on board with it, that's kind of why a scene like that is so funny. Yeah, I overall really liked it. I think it's like something to me where it's like, I, like the traditional like flaws in production are like really what make it like charming and endearing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know you have said that like it's served as a real like filmmaking inspiration. And I think like watching this, it really reminded me of like movies I would make in high school with mm -hmm. like friends of mine where it's like the like enjoyment of the production bleeds through on screen and all the like amateurish elements of it, I think, are really what endear me to it. Like, there's like in that scene with the them uh, in the old people makeup when they're confronted by the assassin, and you can hear like two separate types of like room tone yeah. or wind. <laughs> it's just like I don't know. That's it's uh, like a nice charm to that. Well, to speak on the old people scene, it's like something I immediately thought of is like trash humpers like it's oh like, yeah that too because it's and like obviously maybe not exactly what it's going for but it's it is like the old people masks are like very kind of like that's almost they're almost scary looking it's like, yeah, yeah 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 <laughs> yeah they just look like they have cement heads yeah it's it, very strange and the neck becomes like a big turkey gobble kind of thing and it's a very just like 
it's ineffective in terms of like making them actually look like old people, but it's very effective in making a strange creature out of these people. Also, also like what it happens in this scene also happens in other scenes. Like Combs like just seems to like stray away from coverage a little bit mm-hmm. from time to time. And this is a quality I like in any movie, really, whether mm-hmm. it's an intentional decision or not. And like there's just kind of like this a lot of like the beginning of that scene is played at a very, very uh, big distance where it's like you cannot kind of can only see them from like this, you know, overarching uh, point of view. And it's like, like you said, yeah, it feels long, but it, like it almost like that's kind of what's funny about it is just how over long and shaggy it is. Yeah, it's like a very it's a very deliberate style in terms of the mm-hmm. camera work and stuff like that, because. Yeah, he kind of does avoid traditional coverage. Um, I think there's a couple scenes in shot, reverse shot that really called attention to themselves for being in shot, reverse shot. I was like, oh, I guess most of this film isn't quite like that, or at least in terms of like a very basic over-the-shoulder shot, reverse shot. He's always like finding clever ways uh, to disguise traditional coverage, if that. And it even opens on a very slow pan across a barbecue, uh, grilling some meats. And it's just like, it's not a beautiful shot, no. but it's really kind of an ugly one. It's just kind of this garish standard def video of just like a sausage and undercooked chicken. Oh, yeah. It's so <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> and like... I don't know how they plan to grill for an entire party with what's on the grill at that moment either. It's it's like very clearly lacking in production value, but there there's just like like I said that long take on the food that opens the film and uh, then you even get a shot from like under the grill at one point yeah. and there's that shot of uh when the son who gets domed is rolling a joint and it's played off of a glass table that he's rolling it on and Combs kind of holds the camera there for like 5 10 seconds and it's really beautiful like he he finds these small images there's also like uh every time you go to or from the desert scenery he always makes sure to get a really nice looking dissolve of someone's face over the desert landscape whether you're coming mm-hmm. to or fro and that doesn't ne- that never gets tiring for me like that always looks cool to me no yeah like once i saw that shot from like under the grill uh grates or whatever i was like okay i know this there's going to be uh inspired filmmaking with yeah. this you know what i mean this is you know a, a passion project if you will and like also kind of like i guess maybe the more amateurish uh aspects of like uh, production design i think play in really well with the milieu of what's mm-hmm. going on here it doesn't really it feels low rent but like i feel like that's kind of the feel you'd have to go for yeah to and tell a story with yeah them. i think it adds to like the four friends like hangout kind mm-hmm. of vibe it's like that i don't know cons- it feels in the way that like i don't know just friends making a movie together it adds to that vibe and i think the formal flourishes like have that level of fun hang out to them as well like after we get the grill shot an early like kind of stupid gag that i like where the the woman only titled that ass girl (laughs) uh in the credits um comes up and asks uh is uh is your meat ready and he like there's a little like camera move to him saying directly to camera yes it is <laughs> and then also the camera moves back into exactly. its original position which it's a very clever little aside that it's like 
I don't know. Especially if you're making that on the level of a Hollywood movie, that's almost a day's labor to set up that camera move pretty much. But he's doing it on this thing where maybe the camera's on some sort of jig. Maybe it's just a guy with a smooth ass arm doing that movement, you know? Um, And it's completely effective the way that you want the gag to be pulled off. Mm -hmm. And it is. That's, I believe, Ryan Combs in that scene. Yeah. Uh, And he is giving it his all as much as anyone else here, even if he's playing the straight man to a lot of the goofs in this movie uh i i feel like his performance is really indicative of him as an auteur really throwing everything he has at the wall to make this very goofy stoner <laughs> comedy with no budget interesting enough to watch which i think he well accomplishes no yeah i mean also you know we we're talking about formal flourishes, and they're here, but you know, this is a comedy movie. And it's about oh, the yeah. jokes. What I was going to say, like, I want to talk about the style first to paint the picture of what this movie is. Yeah. Because if we describe the goings on of the plot, and then, you know, the, the listener maybe is imagining it in the style of a contemporary uh, studio or indie, you know, Sundance comedy yeah. or whatever, it would be terrible. I think the aesthetic is just something that really helps sell the jokes and just the forward momentum of the movie or even I'll go a step further or even kind of like movies that are similar to this that are made today kind of like Mm -hmm. these low budget like movies that like dirt nasty would star (laughs) in and they're called like weed myths or something like that and like they'll have a couple rappers in it to kind of promote it like corrupt is in this one and it's like there's not there's not the artistic fervor or I guess the dedication too. there's like more of a dedication with Combs, you know, being acting, writing, all this directing, all this stuff. This it's just uninspired work. Obviously, when you're making, you know, Weed Miss Two starring Dirt Nasty. Whereas yeah. this one, I don't know. It feels inspired. Like I like I like the four friends. Like I like them on the level where it's like you know they're all making a movie. But I also I kind of just like them as um, just characters in the movie. Like I don't yeah. know, they're funny guys. Yeah, exactly. Like they don't have much in terms of characterization. They're just kind of chill enough guys to hang out with and to let it's kind of like the classic screenwriter uh, screenwriting teacher critique of like they're too passive and they kind of are everything either happens act, you know, the doming of the sun happens accidentally. They're resisting any sort of actual action because that's kind of something that's antithetical to like the notion of like a stoner movie like those characters wouldn't be motivated to keep moving forward like a normal uh, hero's journey calls for. So I think that the kind of lackadaisical uh, plot machinations of this and just like the pure hangout vibes are just a true winner. Yeah. You know, you saying that kind of made me realize the structure of this movie where it is, they are very passive kind of the three or four friends. And it's like a lot of scenes kind of um, act as like to display like a, a big performance in one scene, like C.T. Fletcher, professional bodybuilder who uh, plays Ray Ray, who gets shot pretty quickly in his scene, or even uh, the domed son's dad when they go to his compound and he's you know being weird with the candy and whatnot. And then of course the towards the back end, the Rufus and his son scene. Oh it's like, yeah, yeah, all 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 very entertaining scenes. I feel like the 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 dad compound scene. I think also has kind of like that longness of the. It tested my patience. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is maybe one of the weaker stretches of the movie. But it's, I, I'll yeah. say I don't think a lot of people will seek this out, even with our highest recommendation. Yeah, true. So we should break down, if not beat by beat. Not that there are even that many story beats. At yeah. least the general goings on of yeah. this film. Mm-hmm. 
So you have the four best friends that anyone could ever have, essentially. Uh, you have the writer-director Ryan Combs as Briscoe. You have J-Rob. Uh, Tony Cox is kind of like his other straight man. Kind of doesn't do too much. But... Not not bad Santa Tony Cox, for the record. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that, that should be said, yeah. Because <laughs> I thought he was going to be in this movie, but... I like this Tony Cox too, though. Don't get me yeah, wrong. Yeah, no, he's a nice yeah. guy. Yeah. Uh, and then just like, yeah, clearly one of the guy's friends, Pedro Pano as Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> and you also have maybe the breakout star of the movie, Albert Brooks as Hey Love, and not Albert Brooks yeah. from The Brooks Brothers. <laughs> yeah, a lot of clarifications to be made here. Maybe he could have gone by Anthony Cox, but it's okay. Uh. Albert Brooks as Haylove as the comedic relief of this movie uh, within that friend group is very funny. Uh, just like always, you know, doing the most, I guess. But anyway, they they are at the cookout and, uh, you know, they, they want to get some bud. It's been dry lately. And as, as you said, C.T. Fletcher uh, as Ray Ray, well, he just got out of prison and he showed up right at the cookout and he he can sniff out the conversation of weed from a mile away so he uh he takes hey love to buy some weed from some gang bangers at a burger place uh, a pastrami burger place and he's eating the pastrami burger in his car when he gets domed by the very same gangsters that he was shit talking and uh for the next like 20 minutes of the movie hey love is wearing a shirt that's just like covered in blood mustard and pastrami (laughs) and i love that like i don't know all that setup scene is there is just to give him the gun to dome the sun with yeah exactly yeah very like sly like all right here here's the gun we know it's gonna (laughs) come in handy uh but he does get the janky gun at that point while the other two friends go to buy some from uh is the kid's name caesar uh yeah caesar's dad is like some notorious gangster but caesar can hook them up with the loud pack so they go to you know somewhere maybe in santa clarita or something some barren desert land just outside the city and uh yeah the compound is so it that's when it starts feeling like inland empire almost like you have these shot on video scenes inside this (laughs) like prefab new but shitty house uh huge new but shitty house and this guy is just like intimidating you know, going back and forth between being uh, very intimidating, not selling the intimidating thing very well, and very just like psychotically nice also doesn't sell it very well. Uh, but his performance and his son Caesar's are so strange. They definitely will test the viewer's patience. Uh, but I think it also kind of helps establish like the range of performance that you're going to get in this movie. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think that type of thing is like charming in like amateurish productions like this. And like, while it doesn't like obviously is an intended aspect of comedy, I th- certainly thinks it may think that it makes it more surreal and like mm-hmm. an unusual experience, especially the candy scene where he's offering him that because it's like. I think it's a funny concept, him giving each one of them like a different piece of candy, but it plays out for way too long. Yeah. I mean, hey, you know, it's a dark comedy. So it's, you know. And it gets dark. It gets dark as it's revealed 
that this gangster uh, holds, you know, blood sport style fights at his compound, <laughs> not in any kind of like arena or anything, just in the <laughs> desert, just like two people, the high rollers that come in, both get little uh, camping chairs to sit in. One of them is a hot girl who just sits there and smiles and the other one smokes a black and mild while oh, the yeah. fight happens. And uh, it's it's very funny, the the portrayal of the high rollers on one side, the, the friends on the other side. And we just see this fight play out for like what feels like two and a half, three minutes almost. <laughs> uh, some nice hits in there, but for the most part, kind of nothing going in the fight. Yeah, I do like I do like a couple of shots where it's uh they're kind of I guess covering the scene, even though I said doesn't yeah. do cover it. There, it's I guess when I say like there'll there'll be some coverage, but it's not as like used as uh like efficiently like a Hollywood production. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not as used with like uh so severely but um i kind of like there's like a scene or a shot i should say where like Caesar's like enjoying the fight and all three of them are like in the back of the frame i was enjoying that also like i like the line read where like caesar first tells him's like yeah my dad gets all the best fighters and like he fights them and then one of them's like should you be telling us that man <laughs> like that's crazy <laughs> i also very, like yeah. what you said about that shot though it's that they're or he, I guess, uh, Ryan Combs is kind of doing uh, traditional coverage in that more askewed way. Like yeah. in coverage, yeah, you're going to shoot the fight and then you're also going to insert the reaction shots from the key characters. Yeah, uh, th- That reaction shot, though, is played in that weird depth of field mode where everything's flattened because it's that new standard depth video mode. And yeah, you have this like him almost in close up enjoying it while the three friends are like 10 feet off in long shot. And uh, the, the, you know, um, what's it called? Uh, long depth of field. What? Uh, yeah, the depth of field, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. Is, is pulled off very well. You know, it's not fucking Greg Toland, obviously. <laughs> uh, but it's like uh, the deep focus, rather. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's like a flat, deep focus that's pulled off very well. Obviously, not Greg Toland, big dick level, <laughs> but like the standard deaf, cheapo version of it allows you to frame scenes in very interesting ways, even if it's kind of on the fly, you know? Some scenes that, that I guess, you know, why I was so. Uh being like oh he doesn't do coverage even though you know he's just creative with it but like scenes like where they're like at corrupt's place or oh yeah where they're smoking the joint where like uh, combs will just kind of rover around them with his like camera yeah just like almost swaying but like a little bit too fast for that like yeah it's just rather than kind of going to like a single or two shot or something like that 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 just makes it more interesting for me yeah so they leave the blood sport uh, and they go to smoke a joint in some garage. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't clear whose garage property that was. We know that whoever was renting it was uh, paying rent to Ryan Combs and one of the other guys in old person costume. Uh, but, you know, Caesar's just like, yeah, I just want to smoke a joint and leave. You guys can just take me back. And they're like, all right, sounds good. And he rolls them a joint that is most likely laced with PCP uh, due to the reactions that are seen here. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, I mean, I think that's actually more likely than them just like getting that good of weed or whatever, (laughs) even though they were struggling just to buy weed off the streets. And then what if this guy just has like actual, you know, 25 percent, 25. You know, I, I love the, the needle drop of that, like, reggae or just that Jamaican song yeah. right when 
one of the characters is like, well, you know, trust me, I've smoked weed. This isn't going to do. And then he's like, takes it. He's like, whoa. Yeah. Very <laughs> hilarious, over the top comical reactions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> when Albert Brooks comes in to <laughs> say how he just watched that guy, you know, get killed and he's covered in blood. They're all just laughing at him. And then he hits it once and his reaction is just to fucking pull the trigger on Caesar. <laughs> like, it's so funny because he's not pointing the gun at him before or anything like that. He's just laughing and then you get this great little insert shot almost like the pov of the gun just mm-hmm. pointing at his forehead and probably the most uh, expensive practical effect in the movie uh really the only like actual effect in the movie <laughs> other than the makeup uh is a pretty nice blood splatter on like a bullet through caesar's head i was i was kind of taken yeah. aback and it's like oh yeah he kind of shot his load on that in terms of production value but it <laughs> looks good so it's like it's fine and it's also like the the centering you know uh the, like the main happening of the movie, you know, it's is the, the doming, doming of, of the, the sun. sun. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was cause like, I kind of, I mean, how could I have, but I, I guess I did like, you know, 20 minutes into the movie. I'm like, not really thinking about the sun that is about to be domed. And then like, Albert Brooks walks in and then I'm like, oh, fuck, like the sun's going to get domed. <laughs> like, like it was just, it was kind of a fun moment where I'm like, this is where it's going to happen. And yeah. It happened. Uh, I love them like walking through all these different scenarios, such as killing Albert Brooks's character, just like (laughs) different ways that they could get away. And uh, it ends up with them in Corrupt's backyard because uh, Ryan Combs's character has always been friends with Corrupt and has always been nice to him. That's good. And Corrupt is a nice place in the valley, like edge of the valley looking over the hills. And uh, it's really beautiful. Just like even in this like standard dev digital footage, just like, him being surrounded, uh, like the, these single shots on corrupt, delivering this crazy dialogue in his very unique voice, which is like obviously, you know, if you've heard him rap, him talking is not that far away from yeah. it, kind of. <laughs> uh, so it's very, you know, beautiful to hear the the very eccentric dialogue of "I accidentally domed your son" <laughs> passing through corrupt's mouth. Now these people, right? They more dangerous than the niggas that's trying to fuck y'all up. You know what I mean by that? They are not for play. You understand? Fuck, where we gotta go? Arizona. I was listening to some corrupt just, you know, today. You know, I'm like, well, you know, corrupts in the movie. Gotta prepare for the episode. And there's there's just a, a great line delivery on, I think it's, I don't know, one of the songs on 2001 where he's like, hoes need to shut the fuck up and suck a dick. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's actually, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Fuck. It's hoes forgot to eat a dick and shut the fuck up. <laughs> From Explosive. Yeah, you're right. I, I love that line. Yeah, <laughs> that line, as like a 13-year-old getting into rap music, and that was like the only rap CD I had, yeah. that <sighs> that song, I mean, blew oh, yeah. my mind. That song's like the greatest. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll uh, maybe we'll have to end with Corrupt's verse on that. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Nate Dog. But anyway. As I was saying, the single shots of Corrupt, you either have like a duel over the shoulder of two characters or you have these closer single shots of him with the other like mansions in the hills kind of framing him in the deep background. And mm-hmm. I don't know, that, that was some of the most visually savvy stuff in the movie for me. No, definitely. That's what I was kind of you know talking about earlier. And especially when he kind of has them like gathering around. And then I do... Uh, Maybe Albert Brooks, maybe best comedic relief moment where, uh, you know, corrupt his plan to get these, you know, reckless stoners out of trouble. He suggests, you know, plastic surgery, changing who they are uh, or how they look, I should say. And um, 
and Albert Brooks character, he's like, I, what, like titties? We're going to get titties? <laughs> and then they try to explain. And he's like, I don't want titties on my like, face or something. Yeah, no, like, it's like it's the, it goes from like, oh, no, they're changing your face. And it's like, I don't want titties on my face. <laughs> so it's stupid. Like, yeah, it's great. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Very silly. Very silly. <laughs> And so he gives them the special card to go into the surgery room. <laughs> the the scene where corrupt like like thanks him for like it's such a funny like beat that doesn't need to happen. Oh, like, when corrupt gives them the car and yeah. uh, they're about to head out, and it's like, why you're you're kind of thinking why is corrupt just like setting them up with these guys yeah. and everything? And he pulls aside Ryan Combs in this garage that has like a hundred fishing rods hung up on the wall for some reason. <laughs> And he's just that. like, look, man, you've always taken care of me. Yeah. <laughs> For sure, like I was kind of, it was a weird beat, but I was like, that, like just, that rules. That I rules. Love it. Give yeah. corrupt an emotional scene. Take yeah. him out of the one setting we've seen him in so far. You know, yeah. even if the setting is fifty feet away. It's like also, I was just like, damn, I just want to like set someone's life up like that. Like I just want to give someone like fifty thousand dollars and be like, go live your life, man. Yeah, <laughs> you deserve it. I don't know. <laughs> but after that is where we get that old people scene, and again, the old people scene is just a setup to like realize that uh, the the gangster whose son they domed his henchmen are on the way to find them. And it's like a woman and some huge buff bodybuilder dude with a shotgun. Uh, Probably the, I feel like I've seen that guy before. Like he's had to be in some other yeah. like low budget LA productions. Yeah. I've definitely seen him before. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so you get this like five minute scene of them just like slowly walking up and down this driveway and like uh, dropping stuff. And it's just, torture it's just like what is what am i fucking watching uh but it's quite funny after a while and then the two henchmen show up and you know they go the separate way after a while after what jt said about how their audio track sounds completely different than the people <laughs> under the costumes which i'm sure was dubbed to get just the perfect riffs on those characters <laughs> And he, like, Combs obviously loves these characters. He too, loves playing yeah, the characters. Yeah, because yeah, it shows up in the end end credits that yeah. we get the old old people back again. And Smoking a doob. Yeah, you know, and it's like, I, you know what? That's, I love that's that. what rules about this movie. It's like, it's your movie. You could take it wherever you want. You want a five-minute old person scene that <laughs> possibly no one, especially who, like, who the target audience for this movie is. Yeah, Everyone's, corrupt fans. You corrupt fan. Yeah, literally, like, that's your one selling point is that corrupt is in the movie. And it's, it's just, like, this five-minute slow as fuck. Like, it's it's great. Yeah. <laughs> so they eventually uh, go to the desert, lose the car to the desert, end up at the house they need to be at, and that's when we have the great... Uh, <laughs> one of the great like shoddy sets of the film is just like this house that they spend most of the second half at uh, or at least most of like the last 30 minutes or so uh, what, what what's that guy's name again with the rufus. rufus 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 doesn't you know what do you call it david lynch's you know uh blue velvet characters and he doesn't have shit on rufus oh, rufus, rufus is rough <laughs> man there's something i just love about like uh a kind of like homophobic <laughs> character in a speed, like putting someone in a speedo to be like weirdly sexual and menacing and is literally touching his dick the entire oh, yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. He is just like showing you the outline of his cock the entire time he is on the screen. Yeah. You know, we we're talking, if you listen to our other Patreon episodes, uh, we were talking about love on a diet and like, there's like scenes in love on a diet where it's just like them kind of just geeking out in fat suits. And it kind of has like this kind of like, 
dire barrenness to it that like kind of just makes it funny but just gives it like an interesting quality to it and like yeah. that's definitely here with rufus just also just because of how like bleak the humor of it hey it's a self-proclaimed dark comedy it's true this is where it comes in so rufus has a son uh, also played by ryan combs who is in full bandages <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i guess was what happened to him again he got he got ran over by like uh or he got hit by something uh some, some sort car of crash yeah it was yeah. A, it was some sort of machinery with very like it almost killed him but didn't and there is a very long dispute over he's uh, cyborg yeah he is cyborg <laughs> essentially uh, uh you know his dad built him back and didn't know what kind of a monster he created <laughs> <laughs> but yeah his dad rufus essentially stitched him back himself it seems like and rewired his brain almost to just be like his guard dog uh, who also has a, a fixation on, uh, uh, is it Z-Rods or wh- whoever that guy's name is, uh, the color of his yeah. panties. Yes, yeah. which he repeats a good eight or nine times. And <laughs> it's it's pretty, fu- I, I think it's pretty funny. I like it. I like the bit. <laughs> Ryan Combs, as the auteur of the movie, knows how obnoxious he's being. Yeah. Like this is him in Jerry Lewis mode, I think beyond hardly working. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is him in pure like, I'll have myself on the other end of the camera, uh, on the other end of the shot, reverse shot, being grossed out or, you know, being the straight man or whatever. But I'm getting in the funny costume. I'm talking about, you know, uh, wanting to love the lady and jacking off to them and stuff like that. Uh, it's it's <laughs> such a funny scene. And it's like, yeah, obviously it's in bad taste. And there's like a long exchange that maybe I'll just have to put the clip in. I'm retarded. Well, you're not retarded. Your head just got smashed and your face is burnt, but you not retarded. Now you shut up. Yes, yeah. Papa. Anyway, doctor said he got like the mind of like a four, five-year-old, some shit like that, but he dumb than a motherfucker, so I think it's more like a two or three, huh? The strange reasoning of him being like, no, you know, but yeah, kind of. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> just him, like, it is... Like, I don't know, it's simple, but him just jacking off in the room, just like that image. The like, sound is also quite good there. Like, the, the Foley work on the splooge is pretty effective uh, because it really is like these characters are reacting to the sound effects uh, and doing, you know, huge mugging in reaction to that, obviously. Oh, my. I, Ruf, Rufus is a character I'm going to keep with me, man. Uh, I mean, just. Just the sheer fact that he plays with his dick for like 80% of the time he's on screen is like, that's so fucking raw. That's as like raw as it gets with independent. Like when people talk about like, oh, I love indie movies. That's what they should be thinking about. <laughs> they should be thinking about Rufus fucking touching his dick, telling people, you know, his son's not retarded, but he is. <laughs> uh, I also love that they have an elevated model train set rolling through the house. Like you barely see it, but it's like... On top of the banister of the house, like the few high angles, the the Wellsian shots where you see the ceilings, uh, you could also see that elevated model train set. But so it, it truly is like you're in the torture with these characters just waiting to find out how they're going to get their plastic surgery and how long they're going to have to fucking wait here. And, you know, they lost the card in the desert, so two of them have to go get it. And it's a whole rigmarole about that with the henchmen looking after them. But uh, 
they get away. They get to the surgery and you just have these other actors pop up as them uh, with the friends' voices dubbed over, you know. And two of the henchmen get a makeover to look like two of the friends in a very, you know, a nice little clever kill to end the movie. No, yeah, I, li- I like this. I, I, it's, there's something, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. Like, I don't know what exactly I like about it. But it's just funny that the movie just ends with four characters who look exactly or who don't look like anything like the people we've seen before. And it's just like, let's go to the club now. And they're like, hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's like, well, what are we going to do now? I don't know. Let's go to the club. And it's like 11 in the morning. (laughs) (laughs) Where to now? Doesn't matter. Let's hit the club. Go. I, I, I was so just like jovial when this film ended. I was I was a I was such a happy boy about the movies and the power of filmmaking and you know, you get the victory lap end credit sequence uh, where not only do you get like the little uh, frame within the frame portraits of the main players next to their names. Love that. You also get the scene of the two old people in makeup, you know, sparking one up, just doing the bits and having a good old time. I fucked your wife. Well, I fucked your sister. Just classic <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Uh, one exchange from earlier is like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll you know, yeah. oh, if you fuck my wife, I'll stop using Vaseline on your sister. It's like, oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. So it's a bit, it's a bit dark for me. So humor's bit, a bit too dark. Uh, uh, a bit dark. <laughs> no, I, I think yeah. this is a very fun movie and I can't wait to get my son accidentally domed. <laughs> you know, like coming in, like, I don't know, I guess I was like kind of maybe like approaching it from like kind of like the rapper like the independent rapper not not independent rapper but like rappers making like independent movies boom the mid-2000s but this is a ryan combs movie through and through you know oh, what absolutely. i mean absolutely mm-hmm. yeah like and that's what kind of surprised me about it and like i don't know yeah it's like it's it's similar in the vein of like you know what I like about you know Matt Farley, all these like kind of like, mm-hmm. or even Packard. Even though Packard is like a little bit, I don't know. He kind of like I, I kind of differentiate him in my mind mm-hmm. between the like kind of the names I just mentioned. But it is just like I don't know. Like I I am endeared by someone who's willing to play three different characters, yeah. two of them that you know include some you know insane costuming and just willing to you know put the all of themselves in the movie. So. Yeah, and plus it was funny too. Like I, it was quite I funny. I liked when uh, Halo had the like they all stopped off to take a piss in the desert, and uh, so Albert Brooks's character Halo is taking a shit. You can like hear him shitting from across the desert. That's the first mm-hmm. beat of the comedy, and then the second beat is that they're like, "What did you wipe with?" <laughs> and so they made and I love the procedural like every single person in the crew has to question him like how he wiped before he admits to not wiping and they make him sit in the trunk with his peanut butter doo doo ass <laughs> so funny that they make him like sit in the trunk I get it but it's just like get in the trunk <laughs> <laughs> also you know it's funny I, I've uh, I think I've told you guys this story before but I've I've had a fr- I have a friend who you know he, he's been known to do some some on the fly shitting I guess and uh, uh, one time, you know, I was I was you know providing him his ride, and 
you know, he urgently needed to go. And I was just like, I, like, let me drive you to like a grocery store, man. Like, let's like, it's going to be five minutes, five minutes, seven minutes tops. And he, he insists on doing, I'm like, all right. And I come back and I kind of, I have the same question. I'm like, you know, how do you do that? And then what's different is that, you know, my friend, he'll use his socks, the socks that he's wearing. <laughs> As toilet paper, so he comes back with a clean ass. So in 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 the movie, I was expect I was kind of hoping you were expecting it to be the socks. Yeah, I was expecting a comedic pan down to his his feet, and it's like there's no socks on his shoes. I think that's where we come in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> where our film begins. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Right. Yeah. This is see in my film, the guy doesn't have any socks to begin with because he uses it for number three. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, maybe a sw- slight variation on the real life happening. It's uh, my friend doesn't have any socks, and he has to borrow borrow mine. And I'm like, oh, come on! I'm like, come on, man! <laughs> he waddles back with his pants around his ankles. <laughs> <laughs> this material is too good even for the Patreon. I think we gotta just write this down in private. <laughs> um, we'll be back next week. Don't know what the episode's gonna be. They are not for play. Host forgot to eat a dick and shut the fuck up. Goggle and swallow a nut up. Shut up and get my cash. Backhanded, pimp slap backwards and left stranded. Just pop your collar. Pimp convention hoes for a dollar. Six deuce in the plush, six deuce in pala. Pimping hoes from Texas to Guatemala. 